What is going on? This is the Honeycut Scenario, episode number 50 with me, Craig, after a little bit of a hiatus, after I did some travel and got a little crazy in the spring, and I've been thinking about this podcast for a while. I've been thinking about what it means to even have the rhythm of speaking in a digital format to share with my friends, which is what this is about. It's having a little cup of coffee with friends. I have a cup of coffee right here, and uh, on it is actually a quote from the show Succession, which um, the quote says, you can't make a tomlet without breaking some Greggs. So that's my little coffee cup. And let's talk a little bit. It has been a gorgeous spring here on the Outer Banks. It's been dynamic. It was hot, and then it was super cold, and then cold, and then dynamic and windy, and then sunny, and then cold again, and then now it's like turning towards summer. And it's been interesting to see everybody's dynamics around spring. I had a birthday. Uh, typically, the run-up to my birthday in the past, I've always been funky. Uh, I took a trip to Texas, a soul-searching trip. It wasn't like soul-searching, but it was soul-inspiring, let's say. I went down to the muster. I went did some uh, leadership training. I canoed on the Rio Grande. I met some interesting people. I saw some beautiful Chisos Mountains in Big Bend National Park. Uh, Maybe my next podcast, I'll talk a little bit about my experience on the Rio Grande. Uh, and there's also been a war going on, which has been horrific just to even think about. Uh, so there's a lot going on here in the spring. And today I am talking about trauma. I know, right? What a great 50th episode celebratory uh, but it's something that uh, is, I've paid attention to this for a while. So uh, last March, I turned nine years sober. So I have had my turn with substances, and substances were used to sort of put the fire out or stoke the fire up. I mean, all kinds of things. And, you know, I've had some things from my early youth that, you know, in hindsight, aren't really that bad compared to probably some of the trauma that people are experiencing right now in Ukraine or that other people around the world experience. I mean, you know, life is can be incredibly hard and depending on who you are and where you are, uh, harder. And my brother, who spent 30 years uh, as a surface warfare officer in the Navy and does a lot of operations for the Navy, uh, he always says that suck is relative. And it's so true. But, you know, people go through what they go through. And, you know, if, if it's the hardest thing you've ever been through, it's the hardest thing you've ever been through. And I have, uh, you know, thought a lot about this. And, and one of the things that came up is, uh, the night before my birthday, we were walking our little one-year-old mutt, Maya, the Carolina dog. Uh, and we were next in the court next to us in our townhouses. And my daughter was laying in a, she wanted to show me this, this flower petals that came off this tree. And she was laying in a, pile of flower petals, like in April on a beautiful April night. And uh, my wife had Maya on a leash and in the unit next to where Vera was laying down, uh, the couple who were actually very nice, uh, have a three-year-old rescue pit bull. And that pit bull saw our dog Maya out the their front door and they didn't have their front door shut. They just had like the storm door shut, which obviously wasn't shut all the way. And in this idyllic moment, this Pitbull rockets out low to the ground and without mercy attacks my dog that my wife was holding. And it turned into this incredibly 
fragile and violent scene uh, in which my dog was ended up with three staples in her throat because pit bulls try to kill and a lot of noise and fear that my daughter saw and anger on my end and it was tough. I mean, in the end, my wife was a little scratched up uh, and it wasn't too, too bad, but it was, you know, for my daughter it was actually quite traumatic. She, you know, was processing things and spent the last week and a half like talking through death and how long people live and what happens when you die and just talking about all these different things. And she's six and a half and like her brain is just like asking these huge questions like, you know, where do we go when we die? How long does it take to like turn into like a spirit? And can you play Minecraft when you're dead? And do the controllers stay in your hand if you're going to play Minecraft in the other world? And it's just, as a parent, it's it's uh, tough to answer those questions because you want to be honest, but I also, you know, don't know the answers. And so I've watched my daughter work through her own version of post-traumatic stress. And you know, I've, I've worked through my own stuff, you know, and in the moment I released my anger, so I didn't really hold on to the anger part, but you know, there's echoes of the mode, like, Hey, what happened? You know, what could we have done better? You know, playing it out in our heads. And it's like that reel goes on and, and like going through the process of like talking with friends and just kind of like figuring out what's the right thing to do because the couple who owns this dog, I mean, they were horrified and I know I feel bad for them. I mean, it's like they had a pit bull that got out and it's, you know, that dog has what it has. And so it made me think more about trauma. And, you know, I've long thought that trauma is the devil's playground. And I mean, think about how many stories, fictional and real life of leaders, especially like men who've been, you know, mostly the political leaders, like who were abused when they were kids and unloved and they sought power. And when they got it, they abused and did not love. And that is a well-trodden path. And the idea that hurt people hurt people is something that is, is very, very real. And it's, you know, very poignant now because in Ukraine, I mean, people are devastated and there are people that are going to be experiencing this over and over and over again for a long, long time because the the trauma gets handed down and the behavioral patterns, the cultural patterns, and it just, it continues on. And I just, I see those waves happening. And one of the things that uh, some years ago when I was teaching yoga and learning about yoga, I uh, encountered trauma-informed yoga. I heard that term and I was like, what is this? And I started to look into it and there's a, a, a bunch of different people working on it, but uh, the Boston Trauma Center, uh, Dr. Bessel Vander, Vandal Kolk is like the leading guy on trauma. And he wrote a book called The Body Remembers or The Body Keeps Score, I think. Um, the Body Keeps Score. And they developed a trauma center, trauma-informed yoga program where they started to teach yoga to people who have suffered trauma. And one of the things they got into with trauma is not just like, hey, I got into an accident, I was traumatized. It's more about sustained trauma over time, so complex trauma, like relational trauma where people were kidnapped or they were in war or they were abused over time. And it's uh, 
It's not just an incident. It's like a time period in relation to people. And one of the things that uh, they started to discover and that Bessel van der Kolk is on is like the your body holds on to trauma and it's hiding in different places in your body and that movement can help that out. So with trauma-informed yoga, there's specific protocols around it uh, to just make sure that when you're working with someone who's been through some stuff that you can be a safe place for them. So a lot of times with language, when you go to a yoga studio, it's like, hey, do this, do that. You know, this is why you're doing it. In trauma-informed yoga, what you're going to do is you're going to offer it as a suggestion so that the people have agency uh, because, you know, you just don't know their circumstances where if somebody had been telling them what to do their whole life as they were kidnapped for a time period, having someone tell them something might trigger something. Or the other thing is you don't really touch and do adjustments. And there's a, a whole bunch of different things about it. But the idea is that by doing movement in a safe environment with a sense of agency will actually help release trauma. And some of the things that, that I found interesting when looking into this is that they figured out that animals in the wild, uh, when they go through a traumatic circumstance, what they'll do is they'll go through a series of movements afterwards, like they'll shake it off, they'll do all kinds of stuff. And what that does is it helps to release all the chemicals that built up in their brain uh, to, that happened during trauma, and it keeps them from having like post-traumatic stress. So they have like a natural way of like shedding the trauma. And it's interesting to watch my dog Maya after her event and just kind of her figuring out her stuff. And in that realm, it's been eye-opening as well. So what they started to look at is like, oh, well, animals in the wild can kind of handle themselves by a set of movements. It's like, well, how does movement help this? And one of the things that I noticed, too, when I was down at the muster, you know, working, uh, doing this leadership stuff, we did a an intro to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, Jocko Willink is a Navy SEAL, and, and he's really big on getting veterans to do jiu-jitsu. And, you know, I would posit that by doing those movements, it helps you kind of push through some of the things that might be haunting you. Um, and there's a whole bunch of research. And once again, anything I say, take it with a grain of salt. I'm going based on what I've learned and what I remembered. I could have some of my facts wrong. But uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, uh, the Boston Trauma Center, uh, is really incredible. I mean, it's a, just an incredible field, and they're learning so much about it. And, you know, the other thing, too, is like also the growing use of psychedelics uh, to help heal trauma. And they're starting to have real success with it. And what's going on is that the, is a lot of veterans are starting to engage in this because the veteran community like suffers an unbelievable amount from post-trauma uh, stress. So I find that to be an incredible field. And I find it really encouraging that we're starting to find some connective practices of movement and earth-based medicines that are starting to hopefully be a salve for the devil's playground, which is trauma. And uh, another thing is that being one who has uh, suffered from addiction at times, uh, the Buddhists, uh, when I was studying a little bit of Buddhism, they talked about like addiction is like the inability to let go of the past. And so much of like trauma is like your brain has been rewired because of these circumstances. And that a lot of times you can just, it's triggering those stories again, triggering that experience. And I, I can remember my own path of being sober that it took me several years before I stopped having those moments of like, oh, I remember that happened or I remember that happened, which would pop out of nowhere. And I think like, well, gosh, what if you really truly had a horrific circumstance that was spread out over time? You know, that's you're just going to encounter, it's going to creep up on you like a dragon coming out of a cave. So um, to see that there are some tools starting to emerge to really help this out, I find to be incredibly encouraging. Uh, it's something that I hope that uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can look into, you can educate yourself on. 
uh, because trauma is the devil's playground. There's so much of it around, and uh, it's our ability or our responsibility to pay attention to our own, those around us, being aware of mental health as it relates to people's traumatic circumstances, and looking for the tools to make ourselves better, movement, the earth, and those kinds of things. So, once again, that was a lot. Those are my thoughts for episode number 50. Uh, I am going to probably pop out another one of these here real soon, try to get back on track. But I hope in the meantime that you have a beautiful weekend, that you're being good to yourself, and uh, we will connect again soon. Thank you.